All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. They're coming to get you, Barbara. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Here's Johnny. Vanity. Definitely my favorite set. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. The power of Christ compels you. This is my boomstick. What's your favorite scary movie? What up, horror heads, and welcome to Shiver, a horror movie podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Daniel DeBona. And I'm David Uyoa. And this week, we are moving forward, as we have been doing, uh, continuing our celebration of a black horror here in Black History Month. And we are getting all the way up to the year 2020, as we are going to be reviewing the movie Antebellum. Uh, came out in 2020, like I said, starring Janelle Monet. We've got a lot of yeah. thoughts so we're just going to yeah. kind of jump into it here because if this movie is anything, right, it, it, it leaves you thinking, right? So it's got this incredible premise where you're trying to figure out if you're, you're jumping through time, if, if, this, if, it's a, if it's like a previous life thing, a reincarnation movie. There's just a lot going on. And everybody was so excited about it. I remember all of the hype for this movie mm -hmm. as it was getting ready to come out back in 2020. I mean, it was so much anticipation and so much hype. Does this movie deliver? Is, is it? I mean, well, we will say here at the top, we, we did this one. And, you know, yes, it does kind of just barely inch up to that horror line. But, I mean, did it scare you at all? Did it, did it deliver on all the hype? So... No. Fair. Uh, a, uh, a very qualified no, I think. Um, there's certain... I, I think that this movie is terrifying. Right. Um, it's, it's not horror in the traditional sense. I definitely think it's more of a thriller right. than, than horror. But it, there's so much in it that is horrific. There's so much in it that is horrifying um, that I find scary to i think qualify as a horror movie the issue i think is that there is this incredible premise it's um like i i remember what i thought before before the movie came out and i you were thinking reincarnation right um i was thinking that there was some sort of time travel involved right where you know maybe you know racist white dudes were able to open up wormholes and like transport modern day black people to antebellum us right and uh so like they had this never ending um like supply of slaves right like a, like a pipeline right yeah so like a new slave trade and um obviously this is an idea i had going into the movie it's not that the movie suggested it at all by the trailer right but the trailer didn't really suggest too much. It was just like, here's a premise for a movie, right? There's modern day, there's the past, there's Janelle Monet and all of it. Yeah. So um, I was very let down, very let down by the story. Um, the acting is incredible. I, I, I will give it that. Acting is great. I think it's a well-made movie, um, but 
it's a movie that never really explores its premise very deeply. I think it's very on the nose. I think that it kind of doesn't really go anywhere. Yeah. Uh, it kind of just like spins its tires in mud and, and stays exactly where it was at the beginning. And um, above it all is confusing. Yes. So it's, it's confusing. And then there's all the questions that I have about the, the possibility of it. Right. At all. Um, so uh, I think for a movie that takes itself very seriously, you have to take it seriously and you can't stop and, and say, uh, well, you know, we can just kind of, you know, brush that off. Uh, I think a movie like, like Blackula that we did uh, two weeks ago, that's, that's the kind of movie that didn't take itself too seriously. Right. There, there was serious subject matter, but it approached it in, um, in a, a, a much more casual way. Uh, same thing uh, last week with Tales from the Hood. Right. But this takes itself very, very seriously. And because of it, I think it is the scariest of the bunch that we've done. But it also makes it one where you kind of have to approach it this way. How do you yeah. feel? Uh, so I'm, I'm absolutely with you in the fact that there's, you know, as, as I was watching it, I was like, okay, this movie is horrific, like you said. But, you know, it's, yeah, it's not traditional horror. And we, we have the talk off air all the time about, you know, well, it's our show and we can kind of define what makes a horror movie. And, and we've, you know, we've, we've towed the line before with some things here and there. But uh, it was so, yeah, I agree. It's definitely not necessarily a horror film. It is a film full of things that are horrific. Mm-hmm. I think that, like I said, I had this idea going into it based on kind of what I had seen that, yeah, I was thinking it was going to be some sort of reincarnation type thing that Janelle Monet was playing a different character, but the same, like the, you know, she was playing in two different timelines is what I thought was going to happen with this movie. And again, the movie is not at fault for, for what I went into it thinking it was going to be. So as trying to figure that out as it went was weird. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I just think that this movie kind of meandered, especially in the middle um, when we get to story, there's there's just there's a big chunk here where not only are you wondering what's going on, but you're wondering why any of it matters when it gets to when it when it ends up in in modern day, you, you start wondering those things. So I and I think that part of the problem is something that you said is that while it, it is very, very serious subject matter. For a premise that is really super outlandish, right? I'm I'm big on on uh, like I said last week. You know, obviously, old white men with money run the country. Yeah, so they can get away with a lot of things. But man, this is a big ask, mm-hmm. right? To to just kind of suspend disbelief that much. And so, I I do think that it is it is very scary to think that something like this could happen. I just think that for an hour and 45 minutes, ah, just not a lot got done here. Right. It, it, yeah. wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't extremely disappointing. It was just, I don't know when it was over, I felt weird and not just because I, you know, because it was 
you know, like whenever you watch something about just obviously America's greatest shame, you always have that weird feeling afterwards. But it wasn't right. that it wasn't that normal. Like I just finished Glory and I feel weird. You know, mm-hmm. like it was it was weird because I couldn't I couldn't put my finger on what was good or what was bad. It was all just kind of mushed in there. Mm-hmm. And so at 24 hours later. I can definitely say it did not live up to the hype. We've we've had movies like this before where the initial storyboard probably seemed like a really great idea or the the short story that they came up with mm-hmm. that that they were going to turn into it and then the the looming shadow of having to turn this into a feature length film I think is where this movie kind of got bit in the ass. Yeah. And and just trying to take what's an interesting and bizarre premise and turn it into turn it into a full movie that's where it gets weird and 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 when we get into story i i can i'll I'll talk more about that because i think that if you had cut out the middle of this movie and just stuck with the beginning like part one and part three then you could have told the same story done it in you know 48 50 minutes and mm-hmm. and it and it been as effective um and possibly a little bit more shocking and not had people going into it with these preconceived notions that were only bound to kind of upset them it's it, you, you always have the same type of thing at this point where you go into a Shyamalan movie right so you're always one oh well where's the twist gonna be what's he gonna yeah. do this time and so you go into these movies with an idea in your head and regardless of whether or not it ends up being good you have these moments where you're so disappointed in the fact that you felt led astray even though they didn't actually do anything to to do that to you that it it reflects upon the movie negatively i I remember the same thing happening with the village now 20 20 years removed um from from the release of the village now i can watch the village and really like it but when i first when i first left the village i was like this was dumb and not what i thought was going to happen and I'm, i'm upset about that uh, so, and again, not, not Shyamalan or the village's fault just happened. And I think that's what happened here. Like I, I had this idea in my head that I thought was going to make this really cool and bizarre premise. And then when that didn't play out, it, it was a letdown and mm-hmm. that's unfortunate because there is some good stuff here. And yeah, there is some really, really scary stuff here and, uh, just some really unflinching looks. At, at some of this stuff in a movie that you don't necessarily expect that from. So that's, that part's cool, but there's just, it just, it meanders, man. It, it wanders. It, it does circles. It, it, it just, all of those different things I could say to, to point out that just not a lot gets done in an hour and 45 minutes here. And that was, mm-hmm. that I think is the most disappointing part. It, it's, it is unfortunate because I think that there's a lot to explore here. Uh, because you are talking about um, the you know a, a America's oldest sin, right? And and it's um, like people have written dissertations, books and books and books about this, right? Uh, people go on and on every day, and we've still got stuff to talk about. Yeah, and in an hour and forty five minutes, all I kept thinking was. Well, when's it going to happen? Right. 
And um, and so that that leads us into um, what we're calling the South will not rise again. Um, <laughs> Love it. Yeah, uh, is two is two Southerners here. Um, let's make that clear: the South will not rise again. Um, so this is the area, the story, where like pretty unanimously, critics found something wrong. Um, and and I think from what I've read. A lot of it has to do with what we're talking about. There's a lot to be said here that isn't said. Right. So um, do you think that this is a scary story, number one? Uh, and number two, does the story work? And 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 if if so, why? And if not, why? So the, the storytelling mechanic here uh, – when you start off at in this on this this uh, we call it a, they call it a reformer plantation, mm-hmm. uh, and you Jan- Janelle Monet is there and she is Eden, and we get a very roots moment where she's being beaten and taught her new name and all of that and and so we're watching the horror play out as she's living. Then all of a sudden she wakes up and she's in modern day. I don't know. Let's call it New York, right? And mm-hmm. so. And she doesn't have the brand anymore because she got branded at one point. And so you're going. And so again, so I'm doing the Okay, so she's dreaming and she's remembering a previous life. And they continue to lead us down this. We eventually see her get kidnapped. She wakes up and then you start to put it together to realize that the middle of this movie is actually a flashback. And that parts one and part three are a contiguous story. And so once I kind of, I, 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 you know, at one point when I was watching this last night, I texted you and I was just like, what the fuck is going on? And then I texted you, I was like, 30 seconds later, I figured it out. Like, we're okay. Uh, and so once I kind of put all that together and I could kind of put that behind me, I was just looking at what we had here. And like I alluded to at the top, the, my biggest problem with the story here is the middle of this movie, I assume in an effort to establish how renowned um, Janelle Monae's character of Veronica was mm-hmm. and, and how important she was to an activist movement. They spend so much time doing stuff like that that this is where the movie gets absolutely nowhere. Mm-hmm. It takes so long for her to get kidnapped and while some of that stuff is important, it's important for the for the reveal that we see that picture that her daughter gives us and and the little the little Skype interview she does with the lady who who read her book. That that stuff's all important, but it's just it's just weird there in the middle. You're just left where nothing's happening. The middle of this movie, absolutely nothing's happening. Nothing that and it's has, a big chunk of the movie. And it's a big chunk and nothing that has weight towards the end of the movie happens in this until the very last second of the middle of the movie. And that I think is this, this is why this is considered to be the movie's biggest flaw. You call it, call it pacing, call it story, call it what you will. The middle of this movie is so stagnant and, and, and you get all of these, high points on things that that could have been raised to be great points in the movie and if your idea was to push these certain activist things and these these certain belief structures then don't just make them sound bites because there were some great sound bites in there 
there mm-hmm. really are the little speech she gives at the conference and talks yep. about the, the stigma of being labeled as the angry black woman. Mm-hmm. And um, for fear of massacring her actual name, I'm going to call her precious. Um, yeah. She, she does a great job in bringing at least this much kind of levity to everything, mm-hmm. but also a smile came on my face when I saw her. I was yeah. like, Oh, there she is. Exactly. And yeah. so, you know, she, she gets in there and, and, and kind of does the thing, but also without her, this movie's exactly the same. So whether or not she matters is interesting. And you, you get introduced to a couple new characters and it's just, the middle of this movie just it falls apart so hard. Um, does it scare the beginning? The beginning scares. Um, the the ending scares. There's one part in the middle that is so just I I, I don't even know the right word. The 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 girl in the elevator. I don't yeah. even know. I don't know if she was. That was the moment where I was like, okay, maybe it is time travel. Like, what is this girl about? That part's scary. But then it's also unsettling that it it adds to it 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 equals nothing. Like it never mm-hmm. makes any sense in any way for all the loose ends that they went about tying up um, and making all of this make sense. Random pale girl on the elevator with, with the with the doll on a noose never equates to anything, which is odd. Well, that that is um, what's her name? Um, Jenna Malone's character. Uh, that's her daughter. Okay, maybe I just missed that. And, and this, but this is part of the the problem with this movie is that there is so much that is left unsaid. Right. There's there's so much that is unexplained. Uh, I, I think it's an inexcusable amount of explaining that needs to happen in this movie. Yeah, and so I just like I said, there, there's there's definitely some some deeply disturbing things to be found in this movie, but it's just, yeah, this is where this looking at the story and looking at the pacing and looking at the way everything came across. This is just definitely where the wheels come off because too much of it just doesn't add up to anything that can, that's going to make it worth a rewatch. It did keep my attention because I was kind of glued just trying to put the pieces together. Mm-hmm. but it, it's definitely not something where I'm like, well, now I want to rewatch it and see what I missed. Cause I saw it all. I really did. Yeah. And, and I just, it just doesn't all add this. This is a movie where the, the, the whole is less than the sum of its parts. That's a, that's a great way to put it. Um, Cause I, I was going to call it um, barbarian uh, redo yeah. uh, or barbarian is redo of this um, since this came out before Um, because I I, I kept thinking that all day. I'm like, well, how, how do I explain how I feel about this movie? Yeah, me too. Um, Now I think barbarian takes the, um, like the the completely outlandish premise to a totally different level. Right. Um, Because there's things in barbarian that just do not make sense. What this movie needs is explanation and in that 40 minute chunk or 50 minute chunk however long it was it was very long it was where 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 all that was done was the very premise was set up if you would have taken some time there to focus not so much on um janelle monet's character 
on right. um, Veronica. Veronica, thank you. Uh, I didn't want to call her Eden. Um, yes. Then, like, focus on general. Like, this is this is my problem here. Number one, who's the villain? Right, right. Because it seems like the villain here is just um, the idea of racism. Correct. Right, uh, and that's okay. Um, however, that leaves us with these questions of, well, who's who's the one I got to pay attention to here? Mm -hmm. Or am I paying attention to all of them? But then the issue is that you don't really develop any of these villains well when you do that. So I don't really fear any of these people. Uh, to me, they're all the same. And it wasn't until the very end that I figured out that the general character was the senator. Yeah. That they it, it, there's no mention of who this man is nope. until the very end. It's a throwaway line. Oh, as, no. Senator as, Denton. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, which one's the fucking senator? Right. Um, you know, or or is that just a character that he's playing? Like, I don't know. And because no backstory was given at all when she's walking out finally and you see, you know, the uh, the, the the whole uh shit the reenactment and all that yes. going on and it's you know then you see you know vote for denton you know owned by senator whatever denton i'm like oh okay so i guess one of those guys was and i still didn't know whether it was jack houston's character or uh or the other guy um you know eric lang i i still I, I didn't know i had to look it up yeah i assumed but i wasn't sure because there's no explanation given Right. And then who is Jenna Malone's father? Like she mentions that I, I was under the assumption that that her father was Senator Denton. Right. And that's 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 why he was so into her. That's why he mm -hmm. was sleeping at her place and stuff, because she was the one he had to have. And and it's just like I said, I just but yeah, why do all... I why do I care? You haven't established this relationship at all. So right. you're throwing this out there. Why do I give a fuck? Right. And, you know, you, like, ha you haven't made it matter the entire movie. And now you're going to use this as like some sort of narrative driving force. It's not going to work. And that's, that's the problem that this movie has is that the narrative doesn't work unless you sit here and explain. And you had time to explain, but you 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 threw in a story to set up the story because the premise is so outlandish. Right. Right. You know, so. We agree, I, I think you and I agree, with the message here that um, racism has not gone away. Right. That uh, with enough power and influence, um, hateful racist white men will continue to use you as slaves and think of you as slaves because they already do. Right. Um, I agree with that message. Um, but this is taking it a step far. Not that people would do this because i do think that people would do this given the chance uh, i do too um i think the plausibility of it right like we're not talking about some hidden island somewhere we're talking about right smack in the middle of america louisiana. right louisiana <laughs> and we're talking about like very notable people who have gone missing like the amount of influence and power that you need to have like a regular senator uh, and I say regular senator. I mean, there's there's a hundred of these fuckers, right? right. And, and they're all very powerful. But some guy who is like maybe a junior senator 
uh, who doesn't sit on any committees, who isn't running for president. Uh, like, I have no idea how well connected this guy is. And I don't know that even the president of the United States could get away with something like this. Yeah. I mean, we every every single one of us who is listening to this or watching this right now, then you're obviously doing it on some sort of smart device. And that device has access to Google Maps, Google Earth. Right. And you can zoom in and you can see somebody's ass crack while they are bent over watering their flowers. But you I'm supposed to believe that somehow somebody buried uh, like somebody put a plantation in the middle of their own property, by the mm -hmm. way, because this is just set right off of a Civil War reenactment battleground where people are going to where people like are you're, you're selling tickets and saying, yeah. hey, come check this out. Yeah. And so that I think was that part was it was in a movie where everything was so on the nose and topical mm. and I and I'm supposed to buy in to how relevant this is that part of the movie becomes so outlandish mm -hmm. to me uh because do like you said do I have any problem believing that there are people who would like this no not at all Mm -hmm. I have no problem believing that there are people with money who are contrary to what our, our, our section here is called believe the South will rise again and they'll get to live mm -hmm. this antebellum life of glory where they own people and, and that if they have the money, then they're going to do it just for a weekend. I mean, but a, a, a slavery fantasy camp in the middle of Louisiana, that's, that's a stretch. And, and, and we're not talking about, um, you know, grifters and people that are you know homeless uh who you know sadly will likely no one will know right. that they're gone you know yeah the invisible people um we're talking about very notable people and i know that this is why that middle segment exists because we need to know that she was a mover right we need to know that she was a game changer who was making things happen because that's the kind of person who's dangerous to someone like the senator. Yes. So we have to understand that. But the thing is that if every single one of the people who was being held as a slave on, on, on this plantation was one of these notable people, how the fuck have they gotten away with this? We're not talking Correct. about one person. You know, we're this talking about full plantation. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's a lot of fucking people. Yeah. And that's, and that is that is the thing, right? Where I mean, because this is we, you know, when you go back to the beginning and you watch, so this is she was on this thing for six weeks. And so I mean, in six weeks, they 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 can turn over a lot of ground. And mm -hmm. granted, uh, you know, she Louisiana was a was a far stretch from where she went missing. So maybe they weren't looking that far, but you're right, she's not the first one to be down there. And I mean, when we say she's a mover, I mean she was a noted author. She was on CNN uh, debating active politicians and things of that nature. And so you, you're right. There would have been, it would have been like a nationwide manhunt. They, mm -hmm. There's no way they'd been like, well, we can't find her in this city, so let's move on. And, you know, you were talking about just no, no, no discovery, no investigation into, into who Senator Denton is. And I do think that that is the, the cardinal sin of this movie because I, 
unashamedly love the Hostel movies. Uh, I really do. And I think that the movies, as the two of them benefit greatly from something that was done in the second one, which is where they actually explored the network of wealth that mm. allowed for this to happen. This movie could have used a little less dinner chat among friends and a little more here's Senator Denton in some sort of clandestine meeting and now, even if you had entered, and I think that that's also part of the pacing here, because if you'd done it in that middle point, it would have ruined the reveal later on of realizing that that was taking place in modern day. Mm-hmm. I do understand that, but chop it up a little bit better. Get us back to the plantation sooner. Then give us a little bit, a, a little bit more than random cell phone when you think everything going on is in the 1800s. And give us a little bit of, okay, well, here's, here's, here's some people talking about this. Here's who this, here's who Jenna Malone is. Mm -hmm. And, and here's why, you know, here's where she's done this before. Just something. Because that you're right. When you, when you, they wanted us to hate Jenna Malone because she was just, she was just a bitch Mm -hmm. when she would talk to, uh, when she would talk to Veronica but I mean, yeah, sure. She was bitchy. And then, yeah, we saw her, we saw her kidnapper. Okay, cool. She becomes the villain, but like flesh her out, man. Make, make, give me, give me a reason that she's abducting some of these people. Let me, let me see some of the behind the scenes because that's what this is missing in the plausibility of wondering how this could possibly work. That was another thing that really irked me. The scene where she breaks into the, the hotel room. Mm-hmm. What was the point? Yeah, don't don't know. Don't um, know. Because it like, seems it seems almost like she's going to do something right to other make than just the piss in her bathroom. Happen. Right. So, you know, <laughs> she she pisses in the toilet, she puts on the lipstick, she removes a strand of hair and places it on the bed. Like I think, okay, there's some sort of ritual going on here. Right. Right. This is how and at this point in my head, I'm thinking, okay, this is how they're gonna get her. Right. Like be transported to the past. I don't fucking know. But in my head, I'm thinking like there's going to be a reveal here. And there wasn't. There was nothing. There was no point to that happening. Like, why is the little girl anywhere near there? Right. Right. Is she actually Jenna Malone's daughter? Like, I'm realizing now, like, who the fuck is she? Exactly. Like that, that, that whole thing, just that whole sequence was you're right because it, it it was it was the the stairway to nowhere mm-hmm. right you're just you it it was great for building tension but right. how good is tension without release mm-hmm. right uh, you know you can you can go at it for an hour but if you never get that one sparkling moment at the end then all you did was shake hands with a senator for an hour for no reason right right so and and there, and there is no real relationship built between them so when that final confrontation happens it's a a skype conversation that they had for all of two minutes Mm -hmm. uh there's uh knowing that she was the one driving the car right and then there's the meeting at the end like that's it so like to to me it's like if she's the big bad which obviously she's not because it's the senator, which might be her dad, right? But if she's if she's the the one that we've been looking at as the big bad for her, right? For Veronica, 
uh, Vanessa, sorry. Did I get that right? No, Veronica. You were it was Veronica, time. yeah. Um, why? Yeah, exactly. And and I think that that's where all of this, it, like I said, that is where absolutely all of this falls apart. It just gets so weird there mm-hmm. it, it, with with stuff that that doesn't play that that doesn't play out with stuff that's just kind of thrust upon you all of the sudden you know because yeah there there is some shock value in that moment when he answers his phone and mm-hmm. you are convinced that you're on a, a plantation um a, a pre-civil war plantation there is there is that moment where you're you're that's when your head starts spinning but then so much of that stuff in the middle just equates to nothing. And you're right. We end up back in this same type of thing that put us on the fence about, well, not on the fence, just put us firmly in the camp of not liking barbarian because there's so much that either doesn't play out or just is too far beyond belief that it sucks you out and you can't, you can't appreciate it. And like I said, there's, there's 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 a great short story in here that I think is where this movie started. You know, just this idea of man, what if there was a group of people, you know, rich and powerful and white enough that that they could live out this plantation fantasy camp life. Mm-hmm. And then what if yeah, what if they're there it's not just like you said drifters. What if they're taking people of power who not only because they they want to live this life, but because they want to exercise their power over people who are a threat to them. Yes, all of these are great concepts. They are just concepts that are poorly executed in this movie. Well, and, and I think that it boils down to movies that are that say something about important issues are great movies but you have to find a smart way of saying it right and i don't think that this does i think that this is a movie that is about something and doesn't say anything with it there we go it it, it never finds the words to say the message that it has like i've had great teachers in my life that couldn't give me a lesson right they were very knowledgeable people. They were super smart and they couldn't teach a lesson. So in the end, were they really good teachers? No, like there's a great message here. There's, there's a, there's a great story here even, but it wasn't told. Yeah. And that's that you're, you're right. There's, it's one thing to just, to, to just headline something. Be like, wow, did you see about that? Hmm. And but but when that's all you do, right? You know, when somebody's like, it, I, I had this this happened to me at work actually recently. Somebody's like, Oh man, did you see about that train that, that derailed? And 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 I said, Yeah, I said it's wild. Yeah. And then started trying to talk about it. And they're like, Oh, I don't really know anything about it. And just saw that it, it was bad. Okay, yeah, but there's there's more to it, you know, right. than just the fact that it, this train it's it's that type of thing. It's it's just it's these people going, man, look at this idea of how crazy this is. Yeah, yeah. So you're gonna tell me why why it's awful? Or I mean, I just fill in all those blanks myself because I can. I mean, I right. can look at this and go, this is terrible. Why would anybody do this? But also when I watch a movie, that that's your job. You're the storyteller. I'm I'm right. not supposed to have to fill in quite so many blanks. Yeah. But 
I think that one thing that we can definitely kind of attribute to this movie as being very strong is we do get some excellent performances uh, in this movie. So in, in, a, in, a, in a segment we're going to call Activists and Aggressors, I mean, everywhere you go in this movie, somebody's putting on a good performance. So who stands out for you? Um, I mean, this is obviously Janelle Monet's movie. Right. Uh, she carries this movie, and, and there are great performances in this movie. Uh, but this is her show. Um, she does a great job of playing this ridiculously intelligent, ridiculously successful woman who has to survive in this yes. environment and the the interactions that we get between her and Kiersey Clemens who plays Julia are I think fantastic because we see how self-preservation takes over and Kiersey Clemens character of Julia can't see beyond what well, we need to get out of here now right and um Veronica's thinking, well, we we need to stop what's going on. So it's not as simple as just we need to escape. It's we need to escape and we need to make sure that we escape alive. We need to make sure that we escape and we can tell someone. So we need some sort of proof. We need something that we can take with us here. So um, that the she. <sighs> Julia tells her something. She says, uh, you, you, do you think you're strong because you're silent? Um, and it's a it's a great line, I think, because we're often told that um, like you don't show pain and you don't show right. emotion. You don't show the hurt. And um, and so silence in a way can make you strong. Um, but then we're also told, you know, you see something, you say something. And so speaking up can also be strong. And and I do think that that affects her, particularly when she sees that her character has hanged herself. Um, right. You know, it's like, fuck, I could have maybe sped up my timeline and, yeah. and I didn't. And look at what it got us. Um, but it's not her fault. And her strength shines through whether she is being, um, you know, more reserved and in that self-preservation mode or on a stage giving an incredible speech to, you know, a, a crowd of people that, that are there to see her move mountains. Uh, so her, her character is incredible. Um, but if I had to, to mention anyone else, uh, it would, it would probably be, uh, I think it's pronounced because I, I am going to make an attempt. Uh, I think okay. it's pronounced Gabori Sibide. I think okay. that's how you say her name, Precious, right? Um, I, I, I would have I massacred it because I don't know that I would have said it like that. So I'm going to say you're <laughs> right, and I'm glad I called her Precious. Um, she's hysterical. Um, yeah, and I, she's I've, spectacular. I've, she's an incredible actress, um, and she can do funny really, really well. Uh, but she has this way of like calling attention to the – the seriousness of certain things, but she did a lot in precious. Um, she was also fantastic in a very mediocre season of American horror story. Yeah. Um, and, Co and coven coven. Yeah. Um, and it, it, she's awesome. 
the moment that she walks into that room, she's like, why the fuck is this so hot? In here? Yeah, like, oh, I'm, I'm, try- I'm, I'm trying a new that. big room, right? And then, yeah, she just starts tapping away, dropping the temperature. Um, you know, the whole, you know, how, mu- how much do I owe you for for this coffee? She was like, it was seventy four ninety five. You know, like she throws out like a very random number. And it's like, I might believe that like artisanal <laughs> coffee might cost that much. I don't know. Right. Um and just the the way that she carries herself, the way that she speaks, she is so sure of herself. I love the scene. There's there's two moments with her that for me really shine. It's when they go to the restaurant and they're going to sit them in this like tiny little table that's off to the side. And it's very clear that it's because of their race. Right. Yeah. It, it's it's two black girls and a white girl. And they're like, well, you know, you're going to sit in the back here. Um, and she's like, no, no, we're not. And she just fucking lets her have it. Okay, Becky. Yes. Oh, my <laughs> God. That was fantastic. And then when the guy is hitting on her, right? I'm a guy, right? So, like, I, I don't. I don't think the way a woman thinks um, I, I, I try to get in the head of women to, to understand. And I totally understood where it was that she was coming from, where it was like, you think that you're paying me a compliment by buying me a drink, but you didn't fucking bother to look at what we were drinking. Like you're, you're throwing this fruity shit at me when you clearly see that we're drinking champagne. We're right. obviously celebrating like, what the fuck? And then I love that at the end, after she's made this guy feel as uh, as tall as a as, as a fucking um, you know little Star Wars action figure, she says, "And here's my card because you can call me, and this will happen. This will happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She was she she was she was definitely. I I do love the way that that some of the that some of the characters in this movie." were were very obviously created to subvert some of the stereotypes that are mentioned in like her speech mm-hmm. when like when um when she is talking to them about getting the better table she 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 approaches that line of running the risk of being considered the angry black woman but doesn't care because she's mm-hmm. she's going to get her way because she knows she's been wrong Right. And so they she takes that idea that uh, that Veronica mentioned in her in her talk and she she owns it and she doesn't get angry. She is assertive. Mm -hmm. And so and it and so it completely subverts that idea of just any time somebody complains about something, then it's because they're bitchy or because they're they're angry or whatever. And and she does it in a way where she lets you know she's going to get her way. And you you don't get a chance to talk back. Here's what's happening, and that's just what's that's just how it's going to be. And so I did. I do think that she did a spectacular job, and she was a great foil to this character of Veronica, who was all business. You know, she cared about she cared about her work, and she cared about her family, and that was it. And and because her work was for the betterment of her family, and so. I think that the two of them were were spectacular together. You know, we we we've we've or I guess I guess not on this podcast because we didn't do Glass Onion. We just talked about Janelle Monae texting when after we yeah. both watched Glass Onion. And I mean, I was I was talking to to one person at work today, and they were like, "Oh, what'd you think of it?" And I was like, "I'm still trying to figure that part out, but I can only complain <laughs> so much." 
when I get to watch Janelle Monet for an hour and 45 right. minutes, right? There's, there's only so much complaining there to be done. But she, I'm not mad if she's on screen. Correct. Yeah. She, she did a great job, though, because especially once you realize how the timeline works and you're seeing that she's not just playing um, a regular broken woman who's become a slave, when you find out that it's the same person, and so you go back to the beginning of the movie and you see how defiant she is at the beginning, refusing to, to say her new name and mm-hmm. everything she's gone through. And then you see her become this appearingly meek, um, uh, subdued, submissive person. You see the, the depth that she has as an actress and she does continue to astound. I've, I've always been impressed with her music and, and now I will say after watching this in Glass Onion, I, I continue to be impressed with her acting. She did a spectacular job. I love how she was very professional in everything she did, even when she was on that Skype call where she was just outwardly insulted. Jenna Malone mm-hmm. drops that. I was, I was surprised at how articulate you were. Yeah, you know, which is which is always one of those like it's, it's really all those 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 super microaggression terms that you hear yes. about all the time. She uses them all, and and man, they're they fucking stab like needles. Yes, and and she she handles it all with grace, and and you watch all that, and she did all of that while also portraying. You could see on her face how angry she was, and you mm-hmm. could see. Through her acting, you could see the process of her internalizing it and then not spewing the bile back out. Mm -hmm. And that was super impressive. So she was the standout. Absolutely incredible. I wish, I really, really wish that we had gotten more of uh, Elizabeth, which is Jenna Malone's character. Right. Because I do think, think that there is the framework for a great villain there. I do think that uh, that there's the the idea of her being the one who who runs this thing and does the recruiting and all those things that we just got smatterings of in one rant at the end. Mm-hmm. If we had seen any development as to why she was like this, or why she thought this was okay or an acceptable thing or what sort of underground, you know, QAnon, whatever type movement that she was involved in that, that made her want to be like this. Then I think that, I think that there's a character there that you could have fleshed out and she could have been more than a couple of digs and uh, a really shocking death. Yeah. Um, As comical as it may have been. Uh, So, I do wish that there had been more of her because she's, she's an interesting actress. She Jenna Malone is somebody who always kind of pops up and catches your eye, but she, she always seems to just be in stuff where she doesn't get a chance to shine. I love the movie sucker punch. I do. I, it's, it's, yeah, ridiculous. It's, it's kind of a, but, um, but it's the same type of thing in sucker punch. There's a great character there. She just wasn't given a chance to flesh it out, but she did her damnedest with what she had. And I believe she was sweet pea in that. And uh, and so I, I wish that there had been more of her. 
I'm kind and I wish that through that we had gotten some background on Senator Denton. But again, that's a story thing. But as far as acting goes, I do think that the that, that the people who were in this shined with what they were given that uh, in the very beginning, that scene with the guy, Daniel, mm-hmm. who was uh, the grown up version of Eddard Stark. In right. Game of yeah, Thrones. it was weird. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's all I could see him as. But uh, there, he did an amazing job of going from meek dude who gets razzed by his buddy at dinner to guy who just completely flips out and and smacks mm-hmm. the girl around and, and kicks her in the stomach and all that. That that zero to a hundred that he pulled was impressive. So even those guys that just got those small parts like that, man, the the one dude who. Uh, just kind of like ran- uh, Jack Hudson was a uh, Jasper, yeah, the guy who seemed to be the f- foreman, I guess. Yeah, what exactly this- was he? I don't know. He was great on uh, Boardwalk Empire. Yes, yes, he was. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, like, why, why, why is this a mm-hmm. thing for you? And and so I do think that everybody did the best with what they were given. I just don't think that everybody was given the opportunity to flesh out their characters as much as um, as Veronica and Dawn were fleshed out. I think that we got a really good feel for exactly who both of those women were and that there, there, there was nothing was going to change that. I think that everybody else was a good two-dimensional version of what could have been a great character. That's that's a I think a, a fair a fair assessment. Um and and I think because we never really focus too much on any one character, um, the ones that we do focus on do a fine job. Yeah. Um that kind of leads us into the uh, another area that I think is something of of a positive here. Um, so the, the technical side of this, which I'm calling, uh, antebellum period, um, is, this is a, a freshman attempt by, uh, Jared Bush and Christopher Renz, I think is his name. Yes. Um, I think this is just me. Uh, I'm about to ask you now that, uh, that there is some talent here. Um, is there anything that stands out to you as from a filmmaking perspective that, that you can say either good or bad, um, obviously aside from, because they wrote the script too. So aside from story, is there anything here, good or bad that shines or doesn't? Yeah, this is, this is absolutely the brightest spot in this movie Mm -hmm. is the technical aspects. Um, the one part of this, that I that I rewatched was that opening scene where so for uh, for I forget exactly how long I didn't write it down, but there is one long shot at yeah. the beginning of this. That's Very impressive, beautifully done, and and does one hundred percent establish in the beginning that this is a period piece, and mm-hmm. the shock value that comes with finding out that it's not is sold by how good they are at that opening third of the movie there is just the 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 music and things that are picked at the beginning are are just phenomenal 
I love the the when when we're we're getting this big sweeping shot and we see the 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 Confederate soldiers as we're led to believe they are at the beginning, you know, separating that couple and we get those great slow motion shots of the guy in the collar with the bells on it and stuff. So we can't try to get away. And the, the, his, his wife or girlfriend or whatever running all of that Mm -hmm. stuff is just beautifully done and sets the tone very early on for something that is going to be tragic and is going to be hard to watch. I mean, this is absolutely wonderful at that. If they had kept that tone, Right. The the problem comes in with how hard that tonal shift is into that middle part when suddenly none of it seems that serious. And then suddenly we're thrust back into it. All of the stuff that's on the plantation, I think, is where this movie shines. And I think that we get some really great shots. I love the idea of having her repeatedly over and over again knowing exactly where to step to make these moves so the floorboards don't creak greasing the hinges all of those things make for great storytelling because it was obvious right away that one people had tried to escape and two she had a plan to escape she just needed the right moment right and all of that those are blanks i don't mind filling in because you gave me the pieces right you didn't, but you didn't have to spoon feed it to me. That stuff was really well done. I think that there are a lot of really good transitions, a lot of great camera work. The camera work in this yes. is absolutely, I mean, it's just amazing. The The scene we were talking about where Elizabeth goes into her suite, while ultimately nothing is comes of that, the the shots that we get where you like like we said the first thing we see is that she's peeing in there mm-hmm. and so but we get that shot where you never see her all the way up so you assume it's her but mm-hmm. you don't know and she's she's messing with the lipstick and all that when she's sitting on the bed she's still silhouetted just enough the lighting is yes. so perfect in that scene yeah and so all of that that stuff is what what really kind of kept me sucked in here all of the technical aspects of this movie i think were very very well done that is where i kept finding myself impressed in the scene where she gets kidnapped they do this real there's this really chaotic camera work where you're you're right in the car with her and you're watching her struggling and then you're seeing from right outside the car and you see mm-hmm. her heel kicking up on the window you can see the shot where you find out that she's actually just right there next to her friend yeah. before that car turns off she's four feet from him fighting for her life and they they don't notice because they're busy jamming out with their uber driver who's a real uber driver you know right and so you just you get all of that stuff presents a very very beautiful movie. I I agree. There is vision here. Um, these these are two men who have a clear vision of what this movie should look like, and it's a very I think accurate depiction. Uh, at least from from everything that I've read and I've seen. I've I've you know taken tours of uh you know many different historical sites uh throughout the country some of them in the south so i've seen some of these places 
and um this is really accurate yeah i mean the 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 this it's not really a sound stage it's a it, they built a set that is 100 accurate to what we would have seen and that's part of what makes it so scary is that this feels like i was convinced that they were in antebellum era south yeah like me too. that's that's where they were so much so that when the, like it wasn't until the senator goes to answer his cell phone that i was like wait what the fuck is actually going on here yeah because I, I i was convinced somehow that she had been transported back there and i was you know it I, the cell phone while it was the big turning point it wasn't until the plane flew over that like i paused it and i was like okay like so now they I'm are in modern sure yeah. yeah the the cell phone still had me going wait a minute okay no is she is you know i'm still wondering is she still dreaming is mm-hmm. you know is and is, is, so is did she... he take the cell phone back in time yeah exactly dude and then i'm like wait but then there's no him? cell towers <laughs> yeah i did i did the same where it was just like when i saw the cell phone at that point i was still 50 50 on whether right. they were on what exactly was going on civil war south <laughs> yes i there there was confusion there i think but um Man, the 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 costuming was incredible. The um, I think the characters that they wrote were were particularly good. Um, now, obviously, once you find out what exactly is going on, it does leave you with lots of questions. But these like southern versions of these guys, these you know old South versions of these people, yeah. the characters that they're playing are i think you know well written they're um they're not well written they're exactly what they need to be they're racist (laughs) old white men right and um and and i think that they gave enough of them something to do where i was convinced like i I was a hundred percent sucked into this like old southern plantation thing uh, and then, like you said, cinematography. Uh, the cinematographer is a guy by the name of Pedro Luque, and um, he has. I, a- I, I, I didn't say it on purpose because I was like, Dave's going to say it better. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> he's um, he's from Uruguay, so um, it, Latino dude. But man, he's he hasn't worked on much that I know. Uh, what from what i know he did don't breathe which had great cinematography yeah uh was a great fucking movie and uh the girl in the spider's web uh which i didn't like as much as the girl with the dragon tattoo but uh again it was beautiful like yeah. beautiful to look at so uh he's very consistent to me that was one of those things like there were some shots there um like the the one that you see in the background if you're watching live of uh janelle Monet having just you know burnt these guys in uh in the incinerator like what a fucking shot what a what a beautifully lit shot masterfully lit shot um you know the framing is perfect it's gorgeous and that opening shot like you say you know it, it i think that that rivals the um uh, you know the the famous goodfellas shot yeah where where you know starts on the street goes through the alley and through the kitchen out you know it's it's one of i think the great um, you know, extended take shots in uh, in cinema. That's that's not easy to do. That's no, really really not. tough. I I am uh, I am always amazed. 
by long shots. And, and mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm always kind of on the lookout for the, like to the point that if, if I'm, if I'm about, a, if I'm about 90 seconds, two minutes into a shot and I start to wonder like, wait, have I seen a cut? Mm-hmm. I will rewind and then go back and, and, and see, because I want to make sure that it is. And uh, Dunkirk had an amazing one. Uh, yeah. Too. Uh, and, but I'm just always floored by the, the, freakish amount of planning that goes into something uh like that uh the the pilot of the Battlestar Galactica remake mm-hmm. had a really long shot and and there were just in all of these things there's always so many things that could go wrong and i can't imagine being 98% of the way through the shot and somebody slips and you've just got to reset it all especially the one i'm talking about in dunkirk that one involves explosions right and so yeah so, uh, sometimes it is like a one one and done yeah and so uh that i thought was really good i did love uh once you once you know once you're sure that this is in modern day i did love the dig at the at the uh at the modern racist conservative uh where they got the the two drunk guys are talking to each other and one of them calls the other one a cuck and he calls him a snowflake. Yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah, I get it. Like, no, I'm in there now. I understand right. that this is modern time, but it was fun. You know, that, that was a fun moment. It was like, okay, we hope you've got it. But if you don't look, here's some things that people say now. Right. And so there were some decisions here that, that, that again, just that present very beautifully and, you know, that is something we we always end up coming back to on so many of these new movies is when is when when form starts to outshine function. Yeah, uh, we, we you know, we kind of went through the same thing with Deep House where it's like, this is amazing mm-hmm. that they did all of this. Yeah. But, but, but what was well, the what does story it mean? <laughs> they were telling? Yeah. Like, yeah. What, what does any of it matter? Um, and, and I think we should do something again. Beautifully mm-hmm. shot. And then you just kind of go, but why? Um, and yeah. so, and so I think that, that we, we get to that point with this movie. Um, and, and like you said, they, they're also the writers and they, they did deliver some, just some, some, some stellar lines in there. I did get the hardest, the hardest I laughed in all of this. And it was a much needed moment of levity when Janelle Monae comes out of the elevator and she's in that green dress mm-hmm. and, uh, and precious looks at her and she said, she says, Damn, I said look nice, not murder these hoes. I was yeah. like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like stuff like that where it's like, okay, yes, this movie needed that breath of fresh air yeah. at this point. And so for for the pacing missteps that they had, just the insertion of her into that middle section did manage to keep you mostly engaged. So I've got mm. to give them credit for that. Yeah. Um, so as so, you know, we, we, we've, as we're looking at the technical aspects, we've talked about the story and we've talked about the writing and the cinematography. I think that now, since we are looking at this as a horror movie and we've said that it's full of horrific stuff, I, I think that we would be remiss to not address this idea of this movie having some sort of monster in it. Mm-hmm. Right. So, the, I, when you're looking at this, uh, you know, we're going to call it the hate monster because. It's hard to say that Senator Dutton or Elizabeth is the big bad in this movie because Mm -hmm. they're both so underdeveloped. So we have to look at this idea 
of racism being prevalent to this day as the monster in this movie. So how does that work, not just in this movie, but how does the idea of the big bad being a concept work for you? So I think in theory it works well um, because that is what the movie's about. The movie's about racism, that racism has never gone away, and that um, if it does go away, it's going to take an awful lot because um, at the very heart of America is racism, and um, at the very top of America is racism. So um, that's that's a very scary concept. Uh, it's a very scary idea, and it's a very realistic idea. So uh, I'm on board with that in theory. The problem is that I think that the way that Antebellum chose to explore that as the antagonist in the movie left it so that none of these villains that I'm supposed to care about do I end up caring about. Right. Um, I don't give a fuck about Senator Denton. I don't even know who the fuck he is until the end of the movie. He's just one of the people in charge there. Like who actually is in charge there? Because it seems like it might be him, but then it seems like it might be Jack Houston's character. But then it also seems like it might be uh, Jenna Malone's character. So who actually is in charge there? There's a hierarchy that doesn't really make an awful lot of sense to me. Um, And then also like, why do I care? Right. At the end of the movie, you know, why do I care about these characters? Um, how should I care about these characters? Uh, you know, all that, you know, who, what, when, where, why, you know, those those W's. Yeah, they all need to be answered uh, because I know what the concept is. I know what the idea is. But now tell me why I care about these characters doing this, because in the end, um, I mean, it, it was it was almost like. Um, like torture porn. Yeah. In, in that, like, yeah, you've shown me the, uh, you know, the, you've shown me the horrors of slavery, but why? Because I don't think the point of the movie is to say that the stuff that was going on back then was bad. That's kind of a given. Right. I think that they're trying to say something about modern day, but you don't really end up saying it. Um, at least not with the villains, the way that they're laid out. So um, as far as uh, the idea of it, yeah, I mean, it's plenty scary. It's uh, it's it's a great villain racism because it's a very real villain. Uh, but as far as the actual characters, the villainous characters, I don't give a fuck about them. Right. And 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 it is directly the movie's fault for setting it up that way. Yeah, this concept that we're that we're presented with here, which is like you said, racism hasn't gone away. Okay, yeah, that's awful. But the package that it was presented in is mostly the idea that racism was terrible. And I think that and that slavery was bad. And I like you said, there these things aren't in question. Nobody is nobody is doubting the fact that that slavery was awful and so if you want the idea of this if you want the monster to be this idea that modern racism is is still terrible and that that there are people who want to do these things 
then you have to, like you said, you have to give me villains that are more than just bad guys. Mm-hmm. There's, uh, you, you, you had a quote a couple weeks ago about Blackula that was spectacular, which is I always knew Dracula was was a bad guy, but I just now I'm realizing that he was a monster. <laughs> yeah, and so that I think is what's what's wrong here. I think that to drive home the idea that there are still villains in this world who want to live this life, then you have to create those people as monsters. You've got to, uh, you've got to make me not, you've got to make me care about them while not caring if awful things happen to them. I want to know why they're like this. And just taking the 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 idea of racism is still this bad or uh, and there are still people who want this way of life is great. Like you said, in theory, but theory and execution are two very, very different things. You know, when, when I was a kid. I had this idea that what if we could just talk to our computers and it would type for us? Yeah, that was a great idea when I was in the third grade. (laughs) But I was eight and I wasn't going to make it happen. If I'd attempted to, it would have been miserable. Dragon went on and now everybody can do talk to text, right? Right. And so great ideas are one thing. The ability to execute them in a way that creates something that people like is a whole different thing. And that's where the disconnect is. It's just the fact that we had a really good idea. We had a remarkably flawed execution of said idea. And that is the biggest problem here because that, like I said, there is a framework for Elizabeth to be uh, an awful human being and a great bad guy Mm -hmm. there. You know, all we know about Senator Denton is, this is a guy who he's likes racist. he's racist and 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 he likes rape right that i mean right. that that's all we've got and yes those are two terrible i'm going on record um here for shiver <laughs> to let you know that if you're a racist who enjoys raping people we think you're an awful human being yeah, that is not, our official not exactly stance. a bold statement yeah um <laughs> but yeah but like you said it's not a bold statement you know it's it's those 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 are those are easy easy ways to make me dislike somebody right make me understand that he feels like these things are okay because he's in a position of power which is kind of what the assumption that i draw but make me see that Mm -hmm. let me know a little bit sooner before he's dead that this guy was a senator and that that he actively did this because he had the money and the power to be above the law Mm -hmm. those are the types of things that make monsters and that's what this movie needed. It needed monsters. It if if for for all of the strength that uh, that Veronica put forward to survive this for six weeks and and get out and and rescue the people who are still there, she is deserving of a counterpart that is equally evil as she is good and determined. Uh, yeah. and that's. That, that, you know, Hercules would have just been a dude who was strong if he didn't have the Hydra to take out. 
that that's yes what we had was a very strong character there but if you would establish for me how powerful senator denton and elizabeth are then it would have made it even it would have made it an even grander victory for her to for her to escape if you had established for me that elizabeth was this child of wealth and 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 power who had never known what living in the the living within the law was like it would have been that much more satisfying to watch her head bang off of that robert e right. lee statue because i would have been like yeah you get what you deserve which yeah i got that a little bit but man if i had known just just a little bit more about why she thought she was so above the law that would have been a remarkably satisfying death and I, I think that that's, again, we just keep going back to it, but that's this movie's greatest blunder is just never establishing a depth of evil other than just uh, racism, slavery, bad. Yeah, I got yeah. that, man. You know, I need, I need, I, a I little went into, bit more. I went into this with that knowledge. Right. Exactly. So you, you don't, you don't need to convince me of that. It's a given. Uh, it's kind of how I felt during The Last Jedi. Um, because I, I, I mean, I get it. War is bad and good. The good guys do bad things all the time. Um, but you don't really say anything about it. Like you just, you make the claim. Right. And it's like, no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm with you. So, so what's your point? Yeah. Right. Uh, it's, it's like a straw man argument. You know, exactly. No, no, I, 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 I'm, I'm here. I'm with you. I'm watching the movie because I bought into this premise. Do something with it. Correct. And 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 it, it's uh, I, I think that's that's really where where it falls short. You know, the story and this, I think, are so tied together, um, which is unfortunate because there is so much potential here. I would love to see um, I mean, even Bush and Wrens take another shot at this, but have someone really explore these horrors in 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 different ways. Um, I mean, Fuck, let Stephen King take a, a, a stab at it. You right. Know? Uh, he'll take it too far. He'll take it in the other direction. He where will. like where now it's like, okay, hang on. We got to reel you in. Yes, uh, we will, but, we will but get I, no I less than 40 <laughs> pages of, of tax returns explaining why he's so rich. But uh. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and then five years after it's published, he's going to he's going to say that there's, you know, that one scene where he took it too far. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it, every, every one of his books has it. So um, I, I just I, I think that there, there is vision here. Um, unfortunately, I think that, you know, you, you can't see the forest for the trees. Um, there it is. There's just um, there's a great idea that doesn't get fleshed out. Yeah. And that that leaves us with nothing but ratings uh which is uh which is what we're gonna do and um there is only one that uh that i threw out and uh daniel didn't fight me on it uh so we're gonna go with it so so daniel out of a possible five anachronistic cell phones how many anachronistic cell phones do you give this so uh just for anybody maybe listening and not know what anachronistic means it means something that seems out of place uh mm -hmm. for the time or the period uh so I, you know, yeah, exactly. Ah, <laughs> uh, right. This is, I've been, I've been dreading this moment. I'm so glad you're going first. Like all day, <laughs> because like we've said, there are, there are some, there are some great performances here. There is some beautiful shots here. 
there are but there are also underdeveloped villains there's a story that that drags in the middle and so the ultimate question that that i'm gonna boil this one down to is if somebody were to ask me hey is antebellum worth a watch then i think ultimately i would say yes i would say there there is a movie here worth watching uh, and and then I, and then I, and then I want to talk to you about it. I, I want people to watch this movie, and then I want them to to discuss it with me, because I do want to know what other people think about this. So would I recommend it? Yes. Will I? Do I ever plan on going back and watching it again? No. So I think that that's going to kind of firmly put it in that three anachronistic cell phones territory. I I've seen it. I've I've enjoyed what it presented that was good. I've complained about what it presented that that I didn't like. But if somebody were to ask, is it worth watching? Yeah, it's worth watching because there there is stuff here that's good. And there is an idea that is that is worth absorbing and and seeing what you think of it. And there is some good discussion material mm-hmm. here even if that discussion does come in the form of, well, what do you think? You know, like, why, well, let's let that, that thing I talked about, about having to fill in your own blanks. Now I want people to watch it and I want them to fill in blanks and tell me where they stand about it. So, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to sit just firmly there at three anachronistic cell phones on this one. How about you? I, I waffled back and forth uh, over the last 24 hours. I didn't know if I was going to go as low as two. I wasn't going to go lower than that because I do think it's a really well-made movie. Um, and I wasn't going to go higher than three. Uh, but I was like, okay, is it going to be two, two and a half or three? Um, and I think I'm with you. I think that there is value here uh, and its value is in discussion. Right. Um, and, and there is artistic value, too, because there are certain frames that are paintings. Yes. They're they're gorgeous, particularly at the end, as Veronica's riding through the uh, the the reenactment scene. Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's gorgeous um, and, and it's terrifying and it's sad and, and it's victorious. It's it's all those things all at the same time. I, I, I got, um, you know, whispers of the the no man's land scene in uh, in Wonder Woman there. Yeah. Um, you know, so there's there's a lot to like about this movie if you want to see it. Um, unfortunately, I think that there's a lot of drawbacks too. Um I think that there's there's a great message here that is yet to be explored. Um, and, and, and I'm with you. I, I think that if someone were to ask me, should I watch it? I would tell them it's worth watching it once. Right. Um, because you, you will see all of the artistic value. You will see what it is that um, that Bush and Renz are trying to say. Um, and and then we'll have a conversation afterwards. Uh, where I will inevitably end up getting upset that um, it's impossible for it to have happened, <laughs> um, <laughs> which is which is why I can't go three and a half. Right. Uh, so so three and and we're we're you know right right there um, you know in the same ballpark. Uh, three anachronistic cell phones for for antebellum. So there you have it. No math to be had today. We're going to sit solidly sharing a view of Antebellum at three anachronistic cell phones. Uh, So if you're listening and you want to chime in, let us know what you think. Because like Dave said, the value of this movie is in discussion. You can find us all over the internet. If you head to shipperpod.com, you will find links to our Facebook, 
Twitter and Instagram, as well as our YouTube. We are also at ShiverPod on all of those things. So if you want to let us know what you think about this one, if you think we screwed something up, if you're mad at me for just calling her precious rather than massacring her name, hey, we want to hear it all. So make sure you hit us up on all the social media. We try to keep the memes. We try to keep let you know what's out there. I'm trying to get better about making videos to put up. Um, recently dropped a video from our uh, Blackula episode where we had Charles, uh, Carl J. Grasso on. Uh, Mutilator. That was great. I like that. And uh, so trying to trying to trying to keep that up. Uh, we're we're not on TikTok because we're old. I mean, sorry. Yeah. It is what it is, right? But find us on all those others. We're at ShiverPod. You can email us at, uh, at shiver, uh, ShiverPod at gmail.com if that's how you want to communicate. We would love to hear from you. We've got some great ideas for some stuff coming out in March. And next week, we are going to be wrapping up Black History Month. Tell them how, Dave. Uh, with Jordan Peele's uh, latest film, Nope. We went back and forth on which one to do. Uh, we definitely wanted to get a Jordan Peele movie in here as we're huge fans of his. And um, Get Out's been, you know, talked about, you know, to, to death. Us has been talked about to death. So let, let, let's do Nope. Yeah, let's 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 help uh, throw that last shovel of dirt on Nope while we're at it. We're going <laughs> to strike while the iron's hot. That movie just came out last year. Right, right. Uh, almost a year ago. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so so there you have it. Um, we'll be here next week, and we'll be here the week after that, and the week after that. That's what dropping, we do. Dropping episodes weekly. So on behalf of all of us here at Shiver, fright you very much. <laughs>